Experience art at the Northfield Arts Guild. Visit our galleries, arts festival, and take in a performance at our theater featuring a full season of dramas, comedies, and musicals. The Guild's gift shop showcases unique art from over 100 local and regional member artists. Come enjoy music from the Cannon Valley Regional Orchestra or the 411 Concert Series. We invite you to explore your creativity in one of our classes. All are welcome at the Northfield Arts Guild. To learn how you can be a part, visit northfieldartsguild.org or call 507-645-8877. Art Zany, radio for the imagination, with your host, Paula Granquist, is brought to you by the Northfield Arts Guild and by the Paradise Center for the Arts. And now, Art Zany, radio for the imagination. Good morning, this is Paula Granquist, and you're tuned in to Art Zany, Radio for the Imagination. It's another zany day here in the Art Zany Radio studio, but we made it. Oh, they're cheering. I love it. Okay, folks, I, I appreciate that you're here today, and I thank you for listening to the show as we celebrate all things creating and stories. So let's get together to tune our imaginations. I've been wondering this past maybe six years, seven years, do you feel like maybe you're earning your way to a degree? in law, or at least maybe you're enrolled in a college course about the law, it seems like many of today's news stories illuminate the ways that law works or show us the way that law doesn't work or how the legal system and our laws don't always fit the nuances of some of life's most complicated issues. These stories give us insight into the processes of the judicial system, the ways of the lawyers and the trials of the accused and the defendants. As we watch, we weigh the evidence and the people involved in the case. We hope for the outcome that feels just in our minds, and we insert ourselves into the process as spectators. The one part of the system that we never get insight into is the jury room. This is where we as citizens of the democratic society get to work together to make a judgment and a final decision about the guilt or innocence of a fellow citizen. This is the beauty of our legal system. And although we will never have visibility into the process of a jury's decision, we can enter the jury room through the mind of a writer. That's exactly where we're going today, into the jury room. I can't wait. This is going to be a great show. Today in the Arts Annie Radio studio, I want to welcome Bob Gregory Bjorklund. Excuse me. <laughs> Thank you for coming in again. Thanks, Paula. You know, gosh, before, you know what? I forgot to turn your mic. Oh, say thanks, Paula. Yeah. Hey. It's been a while. Yes, it has. And so this is exciting for me. Also with us are several students from the Northfield High School, who I'll have them introduce themselves. They are members of the production 12 Angry Jurors, which is a play being put on at the Northfield High School. It opens next weekend, and it's a play that contemplates the responsibility of 12 ordinary citizens as they consider the guilt or innocence of a young man accused of murder. And these 12 juries bring their histories, prejudices, and biases to the jury room as they work through this life-or-death decision. So I'm going to start by having you all introduce yourselves. And I've got a little of that fuzz. I feel okay, but my voice is weird today. So I'm going to have you guys do a lot of the talking. How's that? We we can do that. You can do that. Okay, perfect, perfect. And uh, why don't you start by telling us a little bit about yourself, a little bit about your theater work, and if anything you want to share about your outside world that might be of interest to our listeners. We'll start over here. 
Um, hi, my name is Greta Christofferson. Um, I am a senior at Northfield High School, and I am a stage manager, and uh, I play the guard, which is a bit part for 12 Angry Jurors. Um, I've been in, I've been an actor in various high school plays throughout the years, but this year I'm taking a stage manager role and a, uh, a little apart that I'm not quite used to, but, uh, it's been a really fun experience, and I, this play is, um, something that I've, like, it's an experience that I've never experienced before, because it's just such a unique, uh, piece of writing, and I love to be a part of it. Tell me about take, taking that jump from being on stage as an actress to being behind stage. What are some of the things that you learned or insights you had into the production uh, process? Well, I want to graduate high school and go into theater. And um, although I've been acting for many, many years of my life, this is the first time that I've been involved backstage. And... Um, it's kind of a fun experience to get like both sides of the coin, I guess. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, it's yeah, it's been really fun just to work with people that I um, I normally have an actor and stage manager relationship with, but now I'm a stage manager and I get to interact with these people like in a closer way, and it's really fun. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, that's great. I think it's important to have all those different experiences, and it's probably incredible to work with. Bob over here. So, oh yeah, I, it's been really fun. Wonderful. Let's keep going. We got a big crowd here today. Uh, hello there. My name's Mason Vatter. I am a senior at Northfield High School, and I say I've been performing in shows and on theater shows since the fifth grade. Actually, we have so much experience in this town. That's amazing. <laughs> what keeps you coming back to it? I don't. I, that's a really good question. I just there's just something about being on stage and performing as as different characters i guess it really just kind of speaks to me i've really always been a fan of watching film and tv ever since i was younger and i guess it sort of translated to being on stage mm -hmm. oh i gotta say uh, ever since i heard of 12 angry men i was and i when i first watched the movie i was i was blown away just by how much much it was even though it was so very little and then when i heard that this was the show that we were going to be going to be performing for the fall play i was really excited so did you see the show the movie a long time ago or just in preparation for this production well in preparation actually okay well i do remember seeing i, I do remember in my in the freshman year yes it was my freshman year that i saw the 1997 film remake of the 1957 film there's i guess i didn't realize there was another one yeah it's it was a straight to it was a straight to video film okay <laughs> the funny thing about both film productions is that the the it's they're they're both all-star cast members they both have they're both all-star casts so they have stars of their time for both films and I was really excited for the audition process, but the last thing I ever expected was to be cast as Juror 3, essentially the main antagonist of the piece. <laughs> it's a really it's a really interesting it's a really interesting production. 
this there's a uh, only one there's only one set of the entire show like once and once we walk on stage we're basically stuck there on stage until the film until the show ends and the action is all very samey like mm-hmm. the, it's like the same kind of action you would have when same same kind of action you have in a classroom when you and a classmate are having a disagreement Let's not give them everything yet. Oh, come on. No, no, no. Let's wait a little bit. Yeah, they have to buy tickets. That's right. Yeah, sure. Buy tickets. Come on in. It's great to meet you, and thank you for being here. Let's keep going and learn a little more. Is there going to be able to do that? Perfect. We're sharing mics here today, folks. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Well, my name is Brady Dietz. I am also a senior at Northfield High School, and this is my fifth production at the high school, but I've been acting as well since uh, fifth grade. Again, another yeah. really experience. What what is it for you that, that you love about the theater? I feel like it's a place that like really feels like like my own. Uh in my family, like I have two older brothers and they both were heavily involved in sports. I am I guess not so athletically inclined as one might say. Uh so going into theater and uh my first production was actually Christmas Carol through Purple Door Theater and having that experience mm-hmm. of just like uh, seeing all these people who really loved it being welcomed into this like really like loving and nice and caring community and also just having a fun time like it's a lot of action for me is just like you're kind of just playing pretend the whole time mm-hmm. like and as a kid you're like I get to just go after school and play pretend with people who like also really want to play pretend that's like fantastic and then I guess I still kind of carry that bit of like childhood like whimsy with that with me even though this show is like a lot more like serious and like grounded than like uh the christmas carol or any other show really i feel i love that and i think there i mean that's if you if if in high school you can find your place and th- that there's a place that they they'll create for you that's I, an, I was just gonna say you and, were, and get up on my soapbox a little bit paula go for it is that there are all kinds of ways and it's it's great it's a great world for this there are all kinds of ways for kids to find themselves to come to understand themselves and this is a really great way to do it mm-hmm. just as brady said well put and i think that's a great um plug for getting involved in the theater so thank you for being here yeah thank you for having me yeah of course and we've got another student to introduce let's hear your story tell us a little bit about yourself hello hello my name is jack linder i am a senior as well at northfield high school and in 12 angry jurors i play juror number six who is a character who changes their opinion quite a lot throughout the play, uh, but also tries to stay out of all the conflicts happening. And and how many... Tell us about your theater experiences. I've done a few plays in the high school, as well as a bunch of, uh, like, smaller productions throughout uh, the end of elementary school and middle school. Wonderful. I, I just love this town because... You know, uh, I, I don't think there's a high school that ha- often has kids coming into it with that much experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, that You know, I don't remember that about my growing up. It wasn't, yeah. the, those opportunities I weren't there. maybe life's changed since back Well, okay, days, yeah, Paul. that's true. We, we live back. Well, well it, is, it is great. And so this is time for a plug for the Northfield Arts Guild. Sure. Because, you know, um, different, and uh, 
cast members have heard me say this before. You know, different sports teams have their feeder programs. You know, the uh, North the clubs Youth and, Baseball Association. Right. You know, to 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 feed then eventually the the high school team. The 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 feeder for the high school theater program is the Northfield Arts Guild, and you know particularly. Uh, Rachel Hyder and Purple Door, um, and well, and you guys have done shows with Rachel mm-hmm. and Purple Door. So it's you know we we work we work together, um, and uh, the the guild is invaluable to the high school program and to the community. Absolutely, I I absolutely yeah. agree. Now, let's talk about the play because I I really want there might be people out there who don't know what this is. And I want, the thing that I found the most fascinating in, the, in reading about this was this, was this was actually written and first produced as a television play, I think they called it, which is an interesting term in and of itself, back in 1954. So I was thinking, well, how can a play, you know, we, we, you know, we think of Shakespeare, right? And that, that feels like that's always going to be something we're going to want to hear. But a play about crime... How can that be something that is relevant to today just because of the the way that we've made so many advances in our ways of understanding and doing investigations and those kinds of things? So I'd love to hear what your thoughts are about, um, you know, why is it that this is still relevant today? Go ahead, jump in. Um, Well, I would say that the way that this story is as timeless is also in part of Shakespeare. Oh, do tell. I love it. So the way I think that Shakespeare is timeless is because his stories are always focused on the human emotion. When you think of Romeo and Juliet, it's basically the story of two star-crossed lovers. Or when you think of Othello, it's a story of a man who is jealous of someone else and probably prejudiced against him because of his race. And in part of Twelve Angry Men, or Twelve Angry Jurors, the story is as timeless is because of the human element. So even with how much our society will advance, there will always be those human elements of bias, experience, prejudice, and also a sense of righteousness. Mm. So it will be as timeless as the human element. I think that's really important to hear is, is that... Um, and sometimes we need to hear those things again and again. Do any of you, you want to jump in here? You look like you had something to say. Uh, yeah, so one of the things that uh, stuck out to me most about this play is that, and I'm not going to give away too much, but <laughs> um, there's always um, there's always two sides to a story, and... Um, Man, I don't really know what to say, <laughs> but um, it's well, that's good right there. Yeah, I think that's right. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and no matter what age it comes from, you can <laughs> you can keep turning the story around and seeing things uh, from new perspectives. And even as you learn, sometimes you don't have insight into all those perspectives, and you got to keep turning that story around. Yeah, one thing that I feel like I would love to tell people is that um you will walk into this theater with like some sort of expectation or vision of what this play is going to be, but you're going to walk out and it's not going to be what you're expecting at all. It's like what Mason said. It's like just really human and it's just like more realistic than you may think. And 
watching these actors on stage is like watching real people in a jury, and it's an amazing experience. I'm definitely not promoting the play at all, but you should go see it. <laughs> uh, if I could also <clears throat> jump in here, I think it's not as much about like the actual like trial or crime as much as that is like a part of the show. It's more so just like a catalyst for like all the discussion and like emotion you see in the show. It's a really good like dissection, I think, of like uh, how we as people will argue and disagree and voice our opinions in like a multitude of different ways. I think everyone in that jury room has an opinion. They all voice it in a different, unique way. Uh, and I think that's really interesting. I think that sh the show does a really good job of exploring that. This, uh, this stage play really subverted my <laughs> expectations as to what a play can be. Uh, you normally think of like big bombastic musicals or fourth wall breaks and to go into a play that's just so like subtle and quiet, at least most of the time, when the jurors aren't so angry, uh, it's... Uh, as Brady said, it's not really a tr uh, stage play about a murder case, but if 12 people with wildly differing viewpoints can come together, uh, and it's it's just really a powerful show and very realistic. Bob, why did you decide to do this at this time? Say it again? Why did you decide to do this at this time? Oh. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I found my answer, Paula. Um, <clears throat> actually, when I thought about um, the group of kids I've been working with for, I suppose, these last four years, I'm just going to say that, that, that I'm digressing now. Mason and Jack were in, when they were freshmen, were in a production of War of the Worlds with me. And we did it outside in the football stadium on Halloween night, right, guys? Yep. Um, with a full moon behind us, and we're fully amplified with sound effects. And every rehearsal we had for that show was outside because that was right in the middle of COVID. And so that was quite an experience in and of itself. Now, coming back to this. So your freshman year, uh, guys, we did War of the Worlds. The year after that, we did um, The Mystery of Edwin Drood, a musical. The year after that, or last year, we did The Miraculous Journey of Edward Tulane, a wonderful storytelling piece, a story by Kate DiCamillo. So I thought, well, what's what is a, a different experience I can give these guys? So the miraculous journey of Edward Tulane, we used the entire auditorium, didn't we? Um, the, the, our stage was the entire auditorium. We had a lot of fun with that. So I wanted to find something very different. And this is very different. And it's, it's very much dialogue driven. A lot of words in this show. And, and so it, a particular challenge uh, for this cast at the same time. I always want to challenge my casts, but make sure that, that ma the material is reachable. I knew it would be, and it has been. These guys are doing great with it. Yeah, and I'm wondering, um, that, that's one of the questions I had, was how do you have a discussion and let the audience hear everything? How have you been working on that? 
You know, I would be interested in hearing Greta's uh, take on this from, from Greta from your vantage point as a stage manager, because Gre- Greta's had a unique way to to observe what's going on here. Uh, yeah. Uh, what do you mean? <laughs> when if like, you're an audience member and there's twelve people talking, how do you how you do you as as the uh, in the play help the audience to follow the dialogue? And to hear all the parts. Hmm. <laughs> well, I think that um, from an audience point of view, just watching these amazing actors on work on stage, um, <clears throat> I, I really feel the emotion. Like it's yeah, radiating. Mm-hmm. It is radiating to the audience from the actors to the people who are watching it. It is so like it's so human. It's very it's very real and um there's lots of emotion in it. Like there mm-hmm. when you're in the audience you might um you might laugh, you might cry <laughs> but it's just a thrilling experience to just watch this entire play unfold. And, yeah, it's so fun. Let's hear from some of the jurors. How do you make sure that the audience knows your character? Well, that's really the, the whole challenge of it. See, well, as Bob said, the entire, the entire show is just dialogue-driven. So it's our challenge that we have to take that dialogue that our characters have... And implore it that uh, in a way that really shows our character. And it's not just the dialogue. It's more so how we talk as our characters. How we express ourselves through our characters that makes our characters visual for the audience to see, follow, and recognize, and understand. It's the, it's the little nuances that you would... You would see, it's the little nuances that you would see in everyday life, but not normally think about, that really is really the catalyst of our characters. Mm-hmm. That, I think that's important, right? It is making sure that you, um, you as, as the actor understand that and then can convey that. Brady, you wanted to add something. Uh, yeah. Uh, and even though it is like a very dialogue-heavy show, like, a lot of the characters actually don't have a ton of dialogue because, like, there's 12 people in the room. You have to, like, share bits and pieces of it. Of course, some characters, like Mason's character, Juror 3, will get more, but, like, that's because, like, they're, like, the primary antagonists of the show. Whereas characters, like, uh, I am I play the foreman, uh, and even though he is the foreman, he doesn't really have a whole lot of dialogue in either, and Jack's character doesn't either. Uh, so it's also about reacting to the, what people are saying because there's a lot of times when people are, like, giving, like, these monologues and, like, it's a very powerful thing. We need, and like with the actors, the audience will already know that it's a powerful thing. There's a lot of good monologues in here that will resonate with the audience. But even, even so, like if us actors are reacting to that, that will just like make it more impactful because you'll see how it's reflecting on this character that you might not agree with, but you can maybe relate to, and you can see how like, uh, you can see how it affects them mm-hmm. in their. Yeah, just you can I, see I, how the monologue affects them. That's so exciting, and I think that's a, a real challenge for actors to be able to, you know, act without having a line. 
you were going to jump in. Go ahead, um, Greta. Uh, yeah. Um, another thing that I wanted to add is um, sometimes there would be days where um, an actor had to step out, like one of the angry jurors, one of the 12 jurors, and um, I would always uh, take their place for the day on book, on stage, and I found it so fascinating to put myself in the shoes of what um, these people are experiencing because, again, there's just, like, so much emotion and the conversations feel so real. We've kind of just, like molded this play into um making it feel like you're watching people having real conversations there's like interruptions and there's like side conversations going on there's a lot to pay attention to but at the same time you know what's going on and it's been so fun to kind of just like try out the different characters and be there with everybody else while they are um just performing in this amazing way yeah, and Bob, I was thinking about that when I mentioned in the introduction, the jury room is someplace we never get to go, right? No. And so, mm-hmm. um, none of, well, one, I think you have to be 18 to be on a jury. So, right. prob- so they definitely wouldn't have had that experience. Mm-hmm. So how did you as a director bring them into that world and kind of try, to, or, or, or was it more about the character they were bringing than the fact that they were in a jury room? That's a good question, Paula. Um, I think it was more about character. Um, I'll see if my if my actors uh, agree with me. I think it was more about character. We have we haven't spent a lot of time talking about juries. Well, you know what what are juries and what's the jury system and and such, um, uh, which gives me pause to think. Oh, maybe I should have done that. Um, uh, well, I was curious because I mean it's such a fascinating yeah. setting for a story because of those things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I'm trying to you, know, you guys refresh my memory. I'm trying to think in in our first couple of days we do table work, which means we sit, we read the script, we talk about the script, we talk about things that we don't understand or know in the script. Um, did we talk about jury, juries and jury duty back then, back in the day, you guys? I don't, I don't think so. I think yeah. we all just kind of had a rough concept of like what a jury is. There, it's the 12 people sitting there listening to the trial. So. Sure, because yeah. we've all seen movies and yeah, TV yeah. shows mm-hmm. and, and those things bring us in. But I think there's, uh, you know... Uh, a, a, a duty, a, 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 like a, a weight to it because it's it's a jury yeah, room. And th- in this case, is a murder trial. And I, I do remember talking at some point, was it with, with the cast, that, that I have never served on a jury. I don't know if I should say that out loud. It's okay. okay? I, I, I've been called. Mm-hmm. And, and they I didn't had pick to, you. I had to defer oh. at one point, actually, because I was in the middle of directing a show. And, and so I was given a deferment. But um, then the next time I was called, I was required to, uh, I, you know, to to be there. During that time, I there was never a case called. So in in my years, I've never served on a jury. I have served on one. You have, okay. And then I've been called three mm-hmm. times in total. Once I wasn't selected, and once uh, it was right before COVID, and then the courts oh, wow. shut down, so uh-huh. I didn't have to go. Yep. yep. So yeah, it's it's a, a really but, amazing experience. Yeah, it it has to be. Well, would you tell us about that? Because if I think about it, and and I would love to find a way to to help these guys understand more clearly, you're responsible. Sure. For... Well, and I think the thing that was most interesting to me was that, that I was on the jury, and 
you know, when you're at home watching a movie or you're in the, um, you know, watching a television show, you get all the different parts of the story. Mm-hmm. But as a jury, you can see that there's a lot of maneuvering happening between the lawyers and the oh. judge and um, things aren't allowed to come in or mm-hmm. there are objections and you know there's some, something going on, but you're not. And sometimes they ask you to leave the room okay. when they have some of those discussions. Uh-huh. So you're not always, you're only allowed to hear what they want you to hear. Mm-hmm. And when you go to the jury room, you're not allowed to have anything for reference. Okay. Um, other than the notes that maybe you've taken personally, but mm-hmm. you're not even allowed to keep those afterwards either. Um, so I remember we had one question where we wanted to look up a word in the dictionary, and they said, "No, you can't. Oh, <laughs> you can't. You can't have any tools or any extra things." Uh, so it, it's a very you're, you're limited to to those things that you know, and then also. Who are the people you're serving with? And you have to kind of assess mm-hmm. who those people are. And, you know, if you have an opinion, how might you, if you want to persuade them. Do you have access to computers? Well, this, it was during the time of computers, but no, of okay. course, you, you can't, you can't check. So, you so can't, isn't this interesting? And so it's solely boy, just based on discussion. So, so this sounds like it could be back in 1954. <laughs> yeah, this was what? in the 2000s. No computers? Yeah. Yeah, so is, so you aren't allowed to look stuff up, and they don't want you to. They want you to be based solely on what you've heard and how you've processed that information. So at least it feels like, in some ways, things have not changed. Yeah. Things have been well, obviously kept, uh, uh, intentionally kept the same. Right. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. it's about the character or mm-hmm. the people in that room and what they saw yeah. and what they believe and what they want to, you know, issue as yeah. their their judgment. Yeah. The the other thing that that we talked about, I talked about with the cast a few days back was, um, uh, I always I always like for my cast to be able to see if they can find the application to their lives. Mm. Well, this this if if we think about this story, this is a real slap slap you in the face application. Yeah, Mace, of course. Mason, you're eighteen years old, right? So you could mm-hmm. get called to jury duty. Well, there, but the crux of this story is that a young man who's 19 years old, a year older than we're looking at Mason right now here in the studio, a year older than, than this person is accused of killing his father with a knife. Mm. That's the story. So if we really sit with that line and understand the gravity of it, it's a big deal. And and that's then the story that these actors are tasked with. Yeah, um, there's drama instantly from the setup. Yeah, you know, a, a 19-year-old, a, you know, Kid who just graduated from high school with you guys last year, stabbed his father, stabbed his dad, or at least that's what they say. <laughs> you I didn't hear decide. what you said, Brady. What'd you say? Uh, what'd you say, Brady? Uh, I was I was making a joke about uh, one of our <laughs> classmates oh, last yeah. year. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> but, but but if 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 we take this this um this big piece and try to apply it to to picture it in our lives then what what kind of gravity does it take on absolutely yeah. it's it's uh, and it's a core part of our system of government and it's the a, a really mm-hmm. a critical role that citizens play 
in, in making our government work. Folks, if you're just tuning in, this is Art Zaney, Radio for the Imagination. We are here today with Bob Gregory Bjorklund and um, students from the production of 12 Angry Jurors. It opens up at the Northfield High School Theater. Someone remind me which door number it is to go in for folks who might not be familiar with the high school. Door number 10. Door number 10. Thank you, because they're all labeled. You can probably get to it from other doors, but that's the one that's usually open for performances. Yeah. We yeah. call it, I don't know, we call it the back door, but it's not really a back door. It's kind of a... Well, it's it's not, it's the door that's furthest away from Division Street. That's a Is good that call. Helpful? Yeah, that's okay. helpful. Like right. The one by like Memorial Field. Perfect. Yeah. So people know, because that can get tricky if you're not someone who's visiting the high school regularly. Sure. And it opens on Friday, November 3rd at 7.30, and then runs Saturday at 7.30. And then the following weekend, you have one additional show, the Friday, Saturday, plus a Sunday matinee. Yes. So there's five opportunities to see it. You could probably go see it every single one. Yes. And pick up in different things because it's that, that great of a show. Yes. And there's some incredible actors and students and um, cast in this. Uh, tickets are $9 for adults, $7 for students. And seniors over and 65. And available at the door. Yes, right. Yeah. Probably mm-hmm. easy, easy to get at the door. Yes. So you don't even have to worry about getting them in advance. Nope, you're good. Uh, so I'm, I I think this is such, these are my kinds of plays, the ones that really make you think and, and make you sort of uh, think about, um, you know, perspective on, on life and what's important and um, make you wonder about what, you know, what are your biases, what are your things that you're bringing to it. And one of the things I thought about was, well, if jurors bring biases to the, to the jury room, do actors bring biases to the stage? Is that something you have to work through in, you know, prepping your character? So I'd love to hear, we didn't really talk I'm, a lot. I'm going to be curious to hear the okay. answers. <laughs> we didn't talk about characters and, and so, oh gosh, our microphone is doing a dance. <laughs> Let's see if we can get that to sit still. <laughs> um, so tell us about you know developing that character and I mean these are um how much are you given about the character's background how much are you inventing how much are you um able to do that when you're sitting I'd just love to hear some more about that process do you want to jump in and and start out um Jack So juror number 6 doesn't have a a lot to say but in ways I kind of appreciate that it allows me to go into each line and uh, really put a lot of time into thinking about what that means for the character, uh, how their emotion shifts throughout the play, and uh, um, just kind of try and find things out about them from those. It's uh, it's kind of fun to work that way. I just get to... Uh, put all I can into the, these few lines to try to make six uh, m- like memorable character who has a arc through the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's important because every line in, in a play like this matters. And so how you deliver that um, makes, makes an important part of, uh, of moving the story forward, of you know, revealing something about, uh, you know, the situation or the characters or the decision-making. Anyone else want to jump in and talk? Uh, go ahead. So, in complete contrast to six, three has a lot to say, <laughs> a, very, a lot to say, and through those, and through the dialogue that he talks about, a lot is revealed about him. So, 
and find it really interesting because I can really apply to stuff that I've experienced and really, really utilize it while I, when I am Juror 3. Mm-hmm. So, Juror 3 is a, is a pretty, a very loud and opinionated man. <laughs> he has a, he has a, he really doesn't like it when people disagree with him. And he can be, he's very temperamental and has a habit of speaking out of turn or not thinking about what he's saying, which can really lead to some really embarrassing moments. Mm-hmm. And I remember moments in my life where I have done that quite a lot, and I can remember how embarrassing it was. Mm. And I and I remember how easy it is for me to get really angry at someone who disagrees with me. So, And so you brought that from your own experience into his character, and I, that's really interesting, and in that does it... Um, help you then to embody him and to um, bring that to life on stage? Yeah, because well, that's what this whole play is about. How our experiences shape our perspectives. So, we don't really know much about Juror 6, but we get to know quite a lot about Juror 3, and well, I'm not, I'm not sure I really want to reveal what that is, so I'm not going to, but he has this very poignant backstory and how on how he views this case and the defendant on trial. Yeah. And I think that's something that's really interesting about. And so as an audience member, you can sit there and kind of dissect what's happening and what is going on and what you think that decision is that they might make. Greta, you were going to jump in. I, Brady's I, I got something. I just want to jump Bob's in quickly. I think this is something that <laughs> audience audiences always do whether they realize it or not. They're they're working to make meaning out of what they see and hear right. consciously or unconsciously so it's the actor's job to give them fuel and fodder right and to keep them guessing right to keep them intrigued sometimes yeah yeah uh, uh, greta um so again i played the guard and the guard's role is just to um uh, retrieve items that the jury wants or um, uh, just check in to make sure everything's okay. But most of the time, she's just um, out right outside the room where she can't really hear much. And so on the times where she does peek in, she has no idea what just happened. Unlike the audience, she just knows nothing about what's going on. And I feel like that's really cool. And uh, I've been acting since I I did my show first show in first grade it was uh Oliver from oh. uh by Encore mm-hmm. um with Encore and um I just never had a role where I had to pretend to be absolutely oblivious to everything going on because there's so much to dissect but you just got to pretend like oh what's going on in here are you guys all right <laughs> Want some water? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and, and that even um, can affect the, the process, right? Because if you come in at an inopportune time, that that kind of uh, unsettles things a bit. And um, so it's it's catalyst for what might be next. Uh, Brady? Uh, yeah, so for like drawing on experiences and biases for our character, uh, uh, this past summer I worked at uh, the summer camp at the YMCA. Um and uh, I, 
I feel like I really bring a lot of that into playing the foreman because it's a lot, a lot of what he does is like going like, Hey, like calm down, behave. We're going to have, we're going to have a <laughs> nice day here in the jury room. And, and he's just, there's a lot of like settling disagreements and everything. And I feel like, uh, I didn't knowingly take that job knowing that like that this was what I was going to use it for, but I'm really glad I did now. That's... I mean, like I was already glad I took the job, but like now it's like adding more. And that's a, that's a really good perspective, right? And and I think people learn a lot about themselves when they're in those situations where they're with, you know, eleven other people they don't know, um, and maybe they wouldn't normally spend time with, and all of a sudden they're in this tight space and they're having to do some important business. I yes. Uh, and, and that's one of the things that we talk about is, you know, it, it, what, what's happening with these people. They don't know each other well. Mm-hmm. They've got to come to these decisions. And, 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 and what happens, uh, you know, what does the beginning of this story look like? And what does the end of the story look like? And where have they gone? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but another point, when you talk about, about character, it's always interesting to work with actors of any age who um, who need to take on a character that's very different from themselves. And and how do they do that? And what do how they draw they get, on? Yeah. What do they draw on? How can they get comfortable with that? Um, and uh, it's it's a great big challenge um but it's it's a great challenge for any actor to take on yeah and that's i think what's exciting about doing this this production even if you've seen it before i think it's something you you're going to want to go see again because yeah. mm-hmm. um well, one you get to see some incredible kids that are and and, and I, I they're young adults but <laughs> as i get older it just seems harder to um to see that right um the age difference and um, you know, I'm thinking about the, this production and, um, if you've had an opportunity to think about, um, the, you know, if, if, if any of you have, have suddenly gotten an interest in, in the legal system because of this, or you're interested in a career in that, or if it's just furthered your idea, <laughs> I see no's and, and some yeses. Um, and, and also, you know, just it, how has it moved your acting career forward? If it has moved your interest into the legal system. What do you think? I'm just going to throw one more thing into into the pot here, which is um, uh, these folks got to work with uh, a Northfield High School alum uh, and and a uh, person who's currently got a career going, and that's Ben Wong. Oh, how exciting! Yes, yes. oh so Ben that, is that's a... something that that if you're curious about, we can talk about too. Yeah, of course. Well, they can talk about that. Pick any. Pick, this was you wanted multiple pick a choice topic, question. Any topic. Well, now we've got our multiple choice question. <laughs> Uh, for this multiple choice question, I'll be choosing the first one. Um, in the, I'm not really involved or uh, interested in being involved in the world of politics, but um, this show has um, a lot of like some political aspects to it, and um, being an actor is um, it really. Uh, it gives you an opportunity to experience um it you just jump into someone else's shoes just like uh, a character that you're playing but in this case it's um very well something like a situation that could happen in the real world and you can act it out 
and just pretend you're there. And that's what I love about acting is that um, you can just be anyone really mm -hmm. and just um, get an experience but not actually be, um, you know, really involved doing it, you know? <laughs> mm -hmm. Right. So you can be political for a little bit or, or think about, you know, the jury system, but then you can go and do another play that's about space travel or something that's completely different. And you might play a character that goes against your own beliefs, and that can be pretty tough. I know there's uh, a few actors in this play who definitely do not agree with their character, but mm. they they have to play it, and they play it so well. It almost just gives us a whole new mindset, and just like, oh, so this is why people are thinking this, and just opens, opens, um, what am I trying to say? <laughs> just opens your mind, right? Opens your yeah. mind, yep. That's, thank you, that was really, really wonderful to hear. How about, uh, for you, what, what are some of your thoughts, um, Mason? So I am going to cherish the days that uh, Ben took his time out of, well, not being at work to come and visit us. And so there were very key takeaways that we that I took from him that I would very much love to apply. Say, so, hey, why don't you tell everyone, first of all, what the specific work Ben has done? Because not everyone will know Ben. Okay, yeah, that's so, a yeah, good. Yeah. Uh, fill us in on, on uh, if, if people aren't aware of Ben and his work. So, so most of you pro will probably know Ben Wong as someone who was uh, was lived in Northfield ever since he moved to China, and he when he was young, I suppose, I think so. He uh, yeah, he, mo he moved here from China when he was six. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And he graduated from college and uh, went on to film school, where he is now. You probably know him from the Disney Plus show American Born Chinese. That's incredible, isn't it? Yeah, I've heard great reviews from it. Yeah, I haven't he, seen it myself. He, he plays the the lead role in this show <laughs> with, with and here he was on cast. the on the stage in Northfield. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And so, what did you gain from his his visit with you? I remember him telling us that we were not acting like actors; we were being people. Oh, that's so good. He's. I remember specifically him talking about. We were being people. And so we had to really think about the stuff, really think about uh, the stuff that you would not normally think about when you're an actor. Like, when you're just, you had to think about what you would do as when you're a regular person. Like, you feel like you had to get up and get, get a drink of water, and mm -hmm. you get up and get a drink of water, or sharpen your pencil, that sort of thing. And, See, I also remember him telling that we had to think about why we are what we are doing and why we are saying what we were saying. Mm. Those are some great insights to carry with you, and that might that might also carry into just your regular life too. I think that pretty wise young man that that Ben. He is. <laughs> Yeah, how about Brady? Um, is there anything you want to take from ABC? Do you need me to repeat that? Uh, no, okay. I'll, I'll, I can touch on both real quick. Uh, with the first one, I think I don't want to pursue like a career in law or anything, but now I'm like a little more like excited and like hopeful. I'll like be put on a jury because ah. having this experience, <laughs> I'll be like, oh, now I'll like 
I think it'll just be a fun, like, comparison to make. Like, we talked, like, the show was like this, but in this jury room, we're doing this instead. Mm -hmm. I think that'd be just, like, fun comparisons to make. Uh, and then with work, getting to work with Ben, I think one of the most, one of, like, the most, like, impactful things that he did for me, like, I guess, like, he did in general that was, like, impactful for me, was that sometimes there'd be a character going on, like, uh, like a monologue talking about information from the court case, and then he'd, like, stop the scene and ask the person, like, okay, uh, what's your favorite subject in school? And then be like, okay, well, tell me about that. And then they'd continue to tell him about that, and then he'd go, great. Now, you know how you said that? Uh, just say that. Uh, say that. Say your line exactly how you just said that. So, like, ah. it helps make it more natural and more human. And it's a very, it's like a technique I don't think I would have thought of, but I, like, I really appreciate that. And I think I might take that forward with me. For Acting long advice. Long. Yeah. What, what's interesting is the technique is just talk. Mm. Just talk. Ben would pretty much say that, right? Yeah. Just talk. You're not delivering the, a line. The, and the way I interpret it is don't recite. Mm. Just talk. That's yeah. super important. Yeah. yeah. And how about for you, Jack? Uh, going off of the first question, well, I don't intend on getting a job in the legal system. I've always been, like, fascinated by the process through, like, games and movies and all that. And this uh, play has given me even more interest in that as well as appreciation for uh, more subtle and natural acting. So because of that, I decided to join a mock trial this year, which oh, will be starting wonderful. soon. Oh, and bravo. Mason's also in it. Yay. Uh, it, it seems like it's going to be a lot of fun and in some ways just uh, almost like doing more 12 Angry Jurors. <laughs> I love that. And that's another really great experience that you, you can have. So this has been so much fun. Is there any last words? We got to wrap up the show. We are having so much fun. We got carried away here by come to the show, right? <laughs> Buy a ticket. Come on in. Please fill up the auditorium. I do not like seeing half empty auditoriums come watching our shows. I bet there will be lots of people. It opens November 3rd and runs for two weekends. The second weekend has an additional matinee on Sunday at 2 p.m. This is at the Northfield High School, 12 Angry Jurors. And uh, Greta, you look like you want to jump in. I'd like to repeat one more time that this is a play that um, you will walk in with expectations and, or just like a vision of what this play is going to be, but you're going to walk out of the auditorium and you're going to be changed. And <laughs> mm. you're just, you're going to have a whole, like, your mind's going to be blown because that's... My mind was blown the first time that I watched this full run-through. And I hope that's the experience that you guys get to have, too. I think so, too. Bob, thank you for coming in to Arts Any Radio. You bet, Paul. It's and always fun. It is. I want to thank all, yep. all the students, Greta, Brady, Jack, and Mason, for being here. I absolutely had a great time. I appreciate you. And, folks, this is Art Zany Radio for the Imagination. Please remember to add some Art Zany to your life. And in the meantime, till next time, enjoy your imaginations. You've been listening to Art Zany, radio for the imagination, with your host, Paula Granquist. Art Zany is brought to you each week by the Northfield Arts Guild and by the Paradise Center for the Arts in Faribault. The Paradise Center for the Arts is a vibrant cultural and artistic gathering spot in historic downtown Faribault. The Paradise is committed to offering high-quality visual and performing art opportunities for Faribault and our region. 
Regular events spotlight some of the best artists and musicians in our area and throughout Minnesota and the Upper Midwest. Our beautifully restored facility includes art galleries, classrooms, clay and textile labs, a gift shop and rehearsal spaces, in addition to a 300-seat auditorium. Visit ParadiseCenterForTheArts.org for a full schedule of events or call our box office at 507-332-7372. 